0: back to the euangelion podcast where we dive deep into the logistics methods hardships but even more so the good beautiful and powerful side of evangelism here in america and around the world welcome back to the euangelion podcast today i have the honor and privilege of being able to talk to is it dr david shaw should i introduce you like that
1: (laughs) hey that's yeah that david shaw's fine yeah but uh Appreciate being on your podcast.
0: Hey, Mr. Shaw, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what you do, kind of how you were brought up? Because you were just telling me and wow, just the grin on my face. I need to, (laughs) yeah, you're going to smile when you hear this. This is so cool.
1: (laughs) Well, well, hey, I, uh, yeah, again, I appreciate the opportunity, but uh, you know, my story starts back, uh, you know, when I was a child, I was raised in the uh, Jehovah's Witness religion. And in that denomination, as you know, They're known for going door to door, knocking on doors, telling people about their faith. And um, when I, you know, probably for the first 17, 18 years, I I was serving that religion. And Mm -hmm. during high school, I had Christian friends share the truth and love of Jesus with me in such a way where I was compelled to say, how can I not say yes to this Jesus? And, Mm And and from that point on, you know, I've just been it's been something that God's had in my heart. And uh, went on and pastored for 16 years, but was really focused on my education when it came to what is the church thinking? What are they doing? Like, what are their perceptions and practices when it comes to sharing your faith? So I've, I've done some research and I, I completed my uh, graduate degree at Fuller Theological Seminary simply on on the fact of uh, you know what is the, what does christians believe in and, and and how can we get the everyday christ follower to be active and living on mission uh, specifically in, in engaging in spiritual conversations with other people. So that's what I do. I am the national director for every home USA, which is, uh, we are one of over 160 nations under the ministry of every home for Christ, uh, which simply serves the local church in, in the nations, serving pastors, helping pastors mobilize their people to live on mission. So I, I have my dream job. I, I love what <laughs> I do. Um, I pinch myself that I have the privilege to, to, to uh, you know, to make a living, but to, to spend my time um, in my, in my, my heart's passion.
0: Wow. That is so cool. So can we go back just to the moment in high school when you were evangelized too, and dive just a little bit deeper? What was the David Shaw that were you a little bit closed off to the evangelist? Were you, yeah, kind of
1: lead us into that situation a little bit. What was that like? You know, well, this is a story that that I heard. I I heard that, um, you know, it was my senior year in high school and there was a a citywide youth pastor who kind of challenged the students before that around, you know, August as the school year is getting ready to to start and said, hey, uh, think about individuals that you need to uh, share, you know, Jesus with this year to evangelize with and and think about, you know, some of those people that would be like the hardest, you know, and especially you seniors, this is your last year with people and and, and most of those Christians in that group, um, they thought of my name because, mm. you know, for for years, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, they knew me as a Jehovah's Witness kid, the one that didn't salute the flag, didn't celebrate Christmas and holidays. But I think what they knew mm. mo- most of all was the their classmate who would knock on their door on Saturday mornings, um, interrupting wow. their cartoons, if you will, <laughs> um, you know, with, with my suit and tie on and, and you know. And you know, trying to, to present Watch Turn Awake magazines. And and so, so with that in mind, they're like, hey, let's let's we have a year left with David. Let's try to evangelize to him. And and honestly, at the very beginning, yeah, it was that. They would they would come with their questions. I mean, there's so many different ways they would evangelize me. And um, and I will say this, I mean, let me just uh I, I had one classmate, uh, her name, um, I won't say her name, but sweet, <laughs> sweet young lady. Uh, she she wrote this in my senior yearbook. She said, David, read a real Bible and signed her name. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I laugh wow. and, you know, yeah. truth. Yeah, there's some truth there, but wow. uh, not so much love. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had yeah. other people, you know, give me tracks and give me this mm-hmm. or that. However, I get this question a lot. Like, what was the what was the scripture? What was the track? What really mm-hmm. convinced yeah. you? to uh you know to to you know really really give your life to Jesus versus the Jehovah's Witness religion. Mm-hmm. And I I can't think of a scripture, I can't think of a gospel shock, believe me, there is many. What I will tell you is that I was authentically loved into the mm-hmm. kingdom. Meeting my classmates, uh, my my classmate, uh, Michael, my classmate, uh, Tracy, uh, I I could go on Janet, Kristen, they would authentically love me, they would authentically ask me questions, not to stump me up, not to get over on me, not to belittle me, not to judge me, but to understand me, and then they would share their hope like mm-hmm. why, why are, why they believe a little bit differently. And I will tell you, I, the, the love, uh, especially my friend Tracy and her family, what I experienced the way, you know, the Bible says this: you will know my follower, you know, they will know you yeah. by the love you have for each other. Yeah. I saw the love they had for each other. It wasn't, mm-hmm. I'd never experienced that in my family or in my religion, mm-hmm. The the love I'm talking about passion for each other. Mm-hmm. And I, I tell people today, you know what, if my friend Tracy, if they were Muslim or Hindu or or Mormon, I might be one of those religions today, but they authentically showed me the love of Jesus. I'm like, I want that. Mm, And, um, and I felt loved. And I I tell people I was loved into the kingdom through words. And I want to emphasize that. I mean, I, that was communicated. I didn't just see, but they, they authentically loved me. And, and Mm, um, that's good. That started, that really started uh, the ball rolling. And in the summer after I graduated high school, um, and as a result, just that you know, I, I, was, uh, I was disowned by my family. I, I was wow. I kicked out of the house. Uh, my father told me, wow. you are no longer a son of mine. You, you are dead to me because you're serving this Jesus. And I had um, really, I, I didn't know what to do, where to go. Um, I ended up joining the United States Marine Corps. And um, through there, I learned discipline. I, I learned a lot of character and those types of things. But that really started me off kind of even where I'm today. So I look at that and say, God had a plan. God really wow. had a plan. And I was just privileged to walk through that.
0: Wow. What a journey. Wow. So how did you begin to evangelize? Cause I know as a Jehovah's witness, you'd be out there pretty much, like you said, every Saturday, knocking on your friend's doors. Was it kind of from that roots of Jehovah's witness that you went evangelizing or what, what was it
1: that made you have to share this great news? Well, I, I would think at first, I, I think the discipline of wanting to do it may have been kind of introduced through the Jehovah's Witness religion, And because yeah. now you think you know, kind of a one one of their stand, standing points is that they they believe you have to go door to door, you have to do mm-hmm. that to earn your way yeah. for God's approval. You know, so so yeah. they are doing it for their benefit because they're earning their way. And when I mm-hmm. when I fell in love with Jesus, I mean, when you really fall in love with Jesus how can you not tell people? It's like, yeah. how do you not? It's like, you know, you've heard it before. If I had the cure to cancer, it would be criminal for me to keep that to myself. <laughs> yeah, it would absolutely. be criminal, you know, or, or, or if I had the cure to AIDS or, or c- the coronavirus, you know, it would be. <laughs> so it's like, man, we have the cure to the greatest disease known to mankind. And that's mm. sin and separation from God. So as a result, it's like, how can I not? Tell people. So really, you know, it's me as a, as just a follower of Jesus, who really I'm a nobody, you know, they say, Mm, I'm a nobody telling everybody about a somebody, you know, (laughs) uh, that, 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 you know, redeem the entire earth. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is that when you really, really fall in love, when you really have a passion, how can you not tell people? about Jesus. And I think, so I discipline, yes, but I think my experience and my relationship with Jesus compels me to not keep this a secret, to not be silent. And, uh, and we're, the scripture tells us that, you know, we are to to share this. Uh, I love the name of your podcast, the Euangelion, the which is to, yeah. to speak, to tell, to proclaim good news. and And that's what we're called to do. And it's exciting that I get to live every day of my life um, looking for opportunities to do that. Mm,
0: wow, that is so good. So I think you have one of the best perspectives as basically the director of USA from Every Home for Christ. To answer this next question, which is, what do you believe if you were to give like a State of the Union for evangelism, yeah. what would be the State of the Union address that you would give?
1: Well, I, I think I would I would dissect it this way, that, that evangelism really has been given a, a bad rap. I, I think it has a bad reputation um and I think it's the reason is because the word evangelism um it's looked like it's looked at as an ism are you with me mm, an yeah. ideology like like nationalism patriotism racism mm. sexism okay? Mm. And so, matter of fact, you don't even see that word in the Bible, evangelism. What's Mm -hmm. a better word is, I I like the the verb, the the evangelization, if you will. It's a proactive word, and it speaks of goals, and it speaks of action. You know, Mm -hmm. the event, sharing the good news to everybody in the world. So I I think first and foremost, I think that the state of it is, is, is simply this, is that it's been given a bad rap because I don't believe the church really in today's culture, in society, in 2022, do they really understand what the word evangelism or, or the the what the belief of evangelism is? I think evangelism is that one word that both Christ followers and nice non-Christ followers they dislike. You know, yeah, because good, yeah. for the for the Christ follower, they believe they don't like the word because they know it's something they should be doing. Uh, <laughs> they know people they need to be sharing it but they feel kind of guilty and ashamed mm-hmm. that they're not doing it for the non-christ follower because of society and culture they don't like the word because they think of uh like forceful proselytization mm-hmm. yeah. they, they, they think people are telling how bad they are people want to get an argument so the word itself i think is is something that needs to be redeemed um mm-hmm. i mean think about it. what what's better than speak good news you know what Absolutely. how how can you not speak good news? You know, I I think this, I think the state of the American church would look at evangelism akin to behavioral modification. Mm. And that's not what it is. Evangelism, let me tell you this right now. I believe that salvation is not about behavioral modification. Salvation's about responding to the grace, the love, the the, the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and living your life for Him, putting your faith and trust in Him alone. But we have taught through the centuries the American Church that that it's about behavior modifications, and I'll give you a couple mm-hmm. examples. You know, again, please, please hear my heart. In no way would I belittle any method or model when it comes to evangelism, but majority of the most popular methods and, and, and programs start with you're a sinner, you're a dirty, rotten sinner. Hmm. And, 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 and that right there sets the tone. It sets the tone yeah. for the whole conversation and, and those things. Matter of fact, we've just completed a study here in 2021 with the, the Barna Group mm-hmm. uh, yeah. called, called Reviving Mission. And Barna has has understood this. They, they have studied, and this is what they reported, that up to 85% of the church, um, they don't evangelize today mm-hmm. yeah. because um, they allow a barrier to keep them from sharing the truth and love of Jesus. Now, yeah. but get this. And, and on the other side of that, in contrast to this, um, 82% of the church are praying for opportunities to share their faith. Hmm. Matter of fact, at least once a month, 82% of the church wrote down that they're praying for an opportunity to share Jesus with their co-worker, their classmate, their family member, mm-hmm. their barista, whoever. Yeah. That tells me the church is not anti-evangelism. Mm-hmm. What they are is they're anti what they think evangelism is supposed to be. Ooh. Because 72% believe that, if, that, that they're praying for opportunities but 85% say but we're laying on a barrier. So the first barrier is this was that they don't want to be pushy or argumentative or yeah. confrontational. Which nobody wants to be that. Yeah. However, for them to write that down somewhere in their in their spiritual formation when it comes to evangelism, they were taught that's what evangelism is. Mm. You got to be in an argument, you got you got to change somebody's behavior, you got to tell somebody that they're a dirty rotten sinner before mm. Um, you know that now this is what I would say it's not about telling people how bad they are but evangelism is about telling people how good Jesus is amen that's evangelism the, the second barrier was this and, and you'll get this they didn't feel qualified they didn't feel that that they were good enough holy enough uh, hmm. meaning this that they weren't ashamed of the gospel that they, they knew it was a it was the yeah. power of the salvation they were ashamed of their representation of of, of, of the gospel. Hmm. Like, how can I go and tell my friend Bob at work, hey, if you stop going to the, the bars on Friday night and spending your paycheck and come to church with me, your life will be mm-hmm. great. When I've been serving God for 10, 15 years and I still struggle with mm-hmm. an anger problem, mm-hmm. I, I still have an addiction to pornography or or whatever, mm-hmm. fill in the blank. So they feel themselves not good enough to share about the gospel. And and so the third one was simply this. They didn't know how to communicate they didn't know what to say, but with, here's the caveat: without being hypocritical and/or uh, um, um, controversial or argumentative. So, like, mm-hmm. how That's do we good. share this with that? Because all of their models show them you got to go and tell people they're a sinner. Mm-hmm. You got to people tell that. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. Of course, the sin issue needs to be talked about. The sin issue mm-hmm. needs to be addressed. What I'm saying, it doesn't need to be in the the the, the very first conversation you have with somebody. Hmm, Get to know them, listen to them. So I would say this. I think the American church, to answer your question, (laughs) they see evangelism as a method or a program. And I would say this. Evangelism is more about a mindset than a method. It's more about posture Mm -hmm. than a program. The posture of love. Are you with me? Having a mindset that I really care about my neighbor. I really care about my classmate. I really care about my family member. And loving them enough to listen to them and to share. And I'll end it by this. This is what evangelism is simply the bride bragging about her bridegroom. Mm,
0: that's
1: and that's cool. what we need to do. That's what the church needs to understand. I think if the church understood that, not worried about that, I think we'd see a we'd see some growth in evangelism. We'd see so many people wanting to share it because 72% mm. are praying for those opportunities already.
0: Mm. That's so good. What a what a fantastic stat. I didn't know that. Uh, I, I also read the Barner Report called Reviving Evangelism, which I believe was released in 2019. But one of the key findings was uh, they said that nearly half of millennials practicing Christianity said that it was wrong to evangelize, but the way that they phrased it was super interesting. They said it was wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone on a different faith in hopes that they will one day share the same faith. What do you Correct. think about that? Is it should it be, should they think it's, it's wrong to think this way or, um, yeah. Is it wrong to think that
1: way? Well, okay. And, and Hey, I, and I, I, love Barna. I've learned so much from all of their studies and, mm-hmm. and, and that, that statistic was 47% of, I think it said millennials. I, I believe yeah, millennials, uh, yep. what, 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 what you're quoting there, 47% believe it's wrong to share with somebody in order to convert them or to have them. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at that and say, wow, 53% of millennials think it's okay, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So I, I kind of look at the other side of that and say, wow, yeah. um, it is. But you see, you got to also understand, I, I, th- I think with the, the, the message that we have, it has to be contextualized mm. and understand in the context of where you are sharing and who you're sharing with. So for example, in 1940, I think it was 1948, when the Romans Road was 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 developed, phenomenal tool, great tool. God has used Romans Road tremendously. Mm-hmm. Many people have come into the kingdom. I, I love that tool. But understand, in 1948, people respected the word of God. Mm. People respected pastors. Culture was so differently. You could go and quote scripture to anybody, people who weren't even churchgoers, but they would have a respect for the word of God. Today, it's not like that today. Today, yeah. it's a different culture. It's different people. What yeah. God used for that culture and that generation, you know, it's like the four spiritual laws. I, I believe that came out in 1956. You okay, know, yeah. I would say the same thing. People had, again, great tools. You know, evangelism yeah. Explosion came out in the, in the late 60s, early 70s. Again, I've used all of those, but I think we really got to understand and contextualize the gospel today, and and I say this simply mm-hmm. because, um, you know, Jesus. If you look throughout the gospel, he always contextualized the message wherever he was at. Mm, that's good. So to yeah. the Samaritan, he did. If he's speaking to religious leaders, he spoke them in a different mm-hmm. way. And I think we really need to learn for that. So for these that that uh, these millennials, I, I think that one of the answers for these millennials is because what they are seeing the church becoming. Mm. So they're seeing the church becoming um, in America, kind of a, a, having more of a political ideology than mm. really a religious ideology. And, and I think, and they're seeing some of the negative things that have come out of the church. Yeah. And, and as, as a millennial, and, and I mean, that generation, they, they care about people that generation. I mean, they, they, they want to serve people. They care about how people think and all this kind of stuff so so with that um you know what they see the church they, they see a contradiction and so yeah. with that they don't want to convert people to a church but they don't mm. mind sharing the truth and love so i think that's kind of i think if you went in detail with that it's, it's easy just to take a statistic and say yeah. this is what but i'd love i'd love to just know hey m- millennials have such a great you know, mm-hmm. heart. I've learned so much from millennials that I mean, it's even changed the way I thought about people and see people uh, from my generation. So mm-hmm. I, I would I would look at it as as they they're. It's not so much they don't want to convert them to their way. They, they don't want to convert them to church followers. They want to. They, mm-hmm. they they but they That's don't good. mind living the life of, of a Christian in front of them. So.
0: Mm, that's good. So you mentioned like cultural differences between, of course, like now in like the fifties, there were big cultural differences. So what are some of the present day, maybe pressure points when we're mm. supposed to be evangelizing? What are some of those mm. pressure points that we find?
1: Oh, wow. That, that is, um, I, I would say this, I, I, the church really understanding her role mm. in society. And, um, again, that not, that. I don't would never want to be political uh, here, but I, I think the last uh, political um, you know tour that we all went through in America how mm-hmm. how it divided the church, yeah, and so absolutely. if people are looking at the church and saying you guys don't even agree, yeah. you know, and and you say this and you say that. I, I would say that is a huge understanding. I mean, and again, um, the, the world's looking at the church, mm. and so I think I think culturally I think. We got to look at ourselves and say, what are what are we presenting to people? Are we presenting a loving savior or are we presenting a condemning savior who doesn't like certain um, behavioral actions? And we're condemning those people because when people see that as we're condemning them, not their actions. So I, so that's what I understand. And again, I think culturally getting back to church, they don't understand the word "you" euangelium they mm, they, they they see evangelism so i think it's really understanding hey, we're called to speak and to share and to tell people good news to engage people in conversation so so culturally i think the church needs to look at itself clean itself up in mm. order to be that 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 bride if you will that's attractive and wow. that people are like hey mm. i hey it's like when I, when i like i mentioned earlier what I saw my friend Tracy and her family and how they not only treated each other, but how they treated other people, how they treated me, Mm. that I'm like, man, I I need to know that. I I want to experience that. And I don't know if the church is really doing that today. So I think culturally, you know, instead of pointing fingers at the world and saying, Hey, they're doing this and doing that, let's take a look at the church, you know, and Mm. say, okay, what, what things are we doing to prevent, this beautiful message of being understood to being heard mm-hmm. and, and Absolutely. to kind of look at that. So, yeah. So
0: yeah. So how can maybe you or I, or just us as church goers, how can we ignite a passion for evangelism within our own church body? How can we mm-hmm. start that movement for evangelism?
1: Oh, here. I, I, th- I think the, the best way is to share, to share our experiences and stories to share our mm-hmm. testimonies. Um, I know that when I pastored a church in Iowa, we would, we would quite often, I I would tell people, Hey, I want to hear your stories. And we, Mm -hmm. we would, we would just really champion their stories. Hey, you know, I, man, somebody at work today came up to me and they had a, uh, they they shared a need with me. And right there, I prayed with them. I was so nervous, didn't know what to do, but I prayed with them and they accepted it. And man, that was so good. You know? Mm -hmm. So we champion everyday people. Um, Mm -hmm. we need to share the stories um, of people who've come to faith or, or people that are sharing their faith. So, so I think testimonies are so huge. We would even champion um, what many people would call the, uh, the negatives or, or, so it yeah. wasn't all, hey, this person came to faith, right? Uh, we would have people, if somebody said, oh, pastor, I, I tried to share my faith with my friend and he never wants to talk to me again. You know, he, <laughs> he, he made fun of me. We would have them share because that would look like why he flopped on his face. But it's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. What we want to celebrate here is obedience. We want mm-hmm. to celebrate obedience to what God's called us to do. And when people start hearing, oh, there's a there's Cindy from church and she's sharing, boy, I could do that. That's easy to do. So it's mm-hmm. not just a pastor doing it. So I, I think yeah. that would ignite. I, I mean, hey, there, there's that uh, you know, what we call FOMO, right? The fear of missing yeah. out. When you make evangelism normal. When it becomes a part of everyday service, every church service, you know, during worship, you invite somebody to give a short, you know, 30 second, one minute testimony of how they shared, try to share their faith. What happened? Hey, let's pray for this person again. You know, I I think I think that creates, oh, this is a normal thing. Okay, I need to be doing this. I need to go. And and more and more people are saying, Pastor, can I testify this week? So I, I think that is a great way. I also think um, a pastor, pastors, is the leader of the church. God is called mm-hmm. the pastor, the shepherd, to guide, to give vision. And I know this, pastors have so much on the plate, but pastors need to, to emphasize and make evangelism normal in their church. Mm-hmm. Not a program, but mm-hmm. a way of life. I, I argued in my dissertation that evangelism should be a discipline of the church. It should be mm-hmm. discipline, meaning that just as much as prayer and fellowship and worship and fasting and solitude Mm -hmm. evangelism sharing the truth and love of jesus should be the norm of spiritual formation when we stop making the norm no wonder people don't do it because it's not one of those things that they were taught they need to do And, and pastors it's very easy for you just to lead that way here's the greatest way pastors you need to share your experiences sharing the truth and love of jesus outside your pulpit ministry So you share your stories of how you're at the gas station and somebody drove up next to you and you engage them in a conversation and you got to pray with them or your next door neighbor or your barista, whatever. When pastors start making it norm and they start having people, I think, I really think that's going to ignite evangelism in the church, make it the norm.
0: Wow. That is so, so good. I love how you say, even though when you share and you like get rejected or something negative happens, it's really a positive experience through obedience. I love yes. that so much. Yes, yes. Wow. That is so good. So what have been some of the hardest moments that you have personally have had while evangelizing?
1: Well, I would say this. I, th- I think the hardest moment, um, again, please, please hear my heart because mm-hmm. it sounds like I'm being negative on the church mm-hmm. and I'm not because I love the church. I pastor mm-hmm. the church. I'm part of the church. You know, I that that's mm-hmm. who I am. But I think one of the hardest things in evangelism is having to apologize for the way a person has felt Mm. treated by the church or by people who are Christian who say they are Christians. I, I think that has been one of the hardest things, getting the church to understand that the goal of evangelism is not so much church growth. But really, family and kingdom growth, mm, and, and that we introduce people to Jesus. When we think it's about closing the deal, if we say, "Boy, get them to say this prayer," you know, you know, whatever, you know, and we make it about when we make it about, uh, you know, the end goal, and and, and we're we're, we're counting how many people and this or that. It it, t- it takes really the the joy uh, away uh, from that. So I th- I think those are some. Some really challenging things when you have to do that. And uh, let, let me let me. Can I tell you a story? Just my yeah, own personal please, story. Yes. Um, uh, there, I was I was training a church in the San Francisco Bay Area, and um, uh, we we're going home to home. I had a young college girl with me. She was home for college, and this particular church said, "Hey, we want to." everybody in our neighborhood to, to know about jesus so let's go tell people and just pray for them we knocked on this one door it was in, it was in a poor area of san francisco and um a young lady opened the door but when she opened the door i just want to tell you she was pretty intimidating very very tall very large woman she she looked down upon us and had her arms folded and she said yeah what do you want you know wow. oh, hey uh yeah, th- this is my friend, Anna, and I'm David, we're Christians, and, and we're just going to our neighbors and wanting to, to just offer pray for you. Oh, you're Christians, huh? You want to pray for me? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's what we, we're doing. You know, like I said, this is Anna, and, and she, oh, you Christians really want to pray. You want to pray for me, huh? I started thinking, well, maybe not, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and I said, yeah, yeah, we're, we're just, we're offering prayer to everybody. And we just believe that, you know, As Christians, you know, we have a relationship with Jesus. That means we have an ear to the Father and and we'd like to lift up your need. Do you have any needs? And this is what she said with her hands folded, excuse me, arms folded. She said, yeah. She goes, this, why don't you pray? Pray for my girlfriend and I. Mm -hmm. And it was almost a dare. It was a dare. Mm -hmm. Like, like pray for my girlfriend and I. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, and she was like, wait, like, what is he going to say? You know? Mm -hmm. And I said, great. What is your need? And it was silence. She she looked wow. at me. She goes, "You you mean to tell me you two Christians are going to pray for my girlfriend and I?" I said, "I would love to." What what, what is your need? At that time, she unfolded her arms. She kind of knelt down a little bit. It was silence. She says, "Peace." She goes, "We need peace in the house." She goes, "We've been fighting a lot. Neither one of us have jobs. We need peace." She goes, "Can can you pray for peace?" Mm-hmm. And so she said, "Peace" five times. You know. Wow. And I said, her name was Tanya. I said, Tanya, I'd love to pray pray for peace. So right there, I said, Lord Jesus, I said, I pray right now for my friend Tanya and her friend. Um, Lord, Tanya has expressed that she understands that that she's living without your presence because you are the prince of peace. And Lord, we pray right now in Jesus name, Lord, would you come in show her peace? Just engulf her with your presence. Lord, give them favor with employers so they will not fight anymore. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus name. Amen. You know, as we get done praying, she had, she had tears in her eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and we started talking and, um. You know, the I we we I was able to go and, and continue the conversation and telling her, hey, you know what? I said, you know, you know, Tanya, you know, God, God thinks you're amazing, and she's like, no, He doesn't. You know, He, the you wow. know, the church tells wow. me it. You know, they kicked this out, and you know, so it told me she has some type of background. She was hurt from the church, and I said, hey, I I don't I I, I can't speak for what other people say, but let me tell you what Jesus says. You are amazing because you are created by an amazing God for an amazing purpose. And, and I said, are you living that purpose? No, no, no. And I said, you know what, I know why I said, I said, doesn't matter who I talk to, you know, male, Mm -hmm. female, um, wealthy, poor, doesn't matter what race they are. I said, the Bible says that we have an enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy. And Mm -hmm. he has stolen that purpose. But here's the good news. Remember, the gospel is about good news. That's why Jesus came to give his life so you can now have a relationship with him. The good news is God wants to redeem you so you can start living that purpose, you know. Mm. She leans into her doorway, looks at her girlfriend, and says, We need to start going to this guy's church, you know? Wow. And it's like, now, did I say anything um heretical there? Did I share it? No, I shared the love of Jesus. And she responded, like, I I want to know that Jesus. So wow. I'm just saying, I I think, I think um that, that would answer the question. Is it's hard when you have to kind of redo if you will um Mm -hmm. you know and kind of kind of apologize for the church but but i get it it's what the Mm -hmm. church was trained to do for years but hey let's get it right now let's get it right now
0: Mm. so an opposite to that last question what have been some of the high you know mountaintop moments that you've had while evangelizing i'm sure (laughs) you're shaking your head like you have so so many but what's one that just stands out so so high for you
1: well obviously that story i just told yeah, it, it's so a, high. That's so high. Oh. But 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 I would say it this way. I, ha- I would say having people move one degree closer to faith.
0: Hmm.
1: See that that's see. I think hmm. we've taught the church hey, it's all about closing the deal. If I don't close the deal. Oh, I failed. I didn't do it right. I might've messed up their eternity forever. No, no. I think every conversation we have if if it moves one step closer to Jesus, one step closer to Jesus. I think those are the highs. Those are the Mm -hmm. highs when you see, when somebody comes back to you and say, Hey, I've been thinking about what you shared the other day. Mm -hmm. And here's, here's a question. That's what I did as a high school student. My Christian friends would share something. I'd come back. Hey, I, I remember when you said that, uh, you know, um, you know, that, that, that Jesus is the only way, man, I, I don't really believe that because we're told that without faith or without works, our mm-hmm. faith is dead. And, and then that would lead into another conversation. Well, well, I didn't say that, but Jesus said he was the only way, the truth and my life. So mm-hmm. I, I'm, it's not my belief. I'm just telling you what Jesus said. Oh, really? That's in the Bible. So when you, when you move people a step closer those are those are the greatest. Those conversations that are mm-hmm. ongoing, you know. Obviously, when that person says, "What must I do to be saved?" Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the climax. But I think it's the I think it's being part of the process, you know. Mm-hmm. Being involved so in people's lives is is the is the greatest thing that we could be a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so good. So, as churchgoers, what elements of a sharing faith do we need to rediscover today? Is it something that kind of needs to come? like from the top down from the pastor or can we just start going out in groups of two, three, even five, ten? 10, just start sharing. What, what first steps do we need to take to start sharing?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I would, I would answer it like this. I, I would say understanding that it's not about closing the deal. It's not a salesman mm-hmm. technique, you, you know, um, it's not about getting people to say a prayer. I mean, I know many people quote quote Romans nine, You know, Mm -hmm. confess Jesus with your mouth. But let me ask you this. I I know many Mm -hmm. people that will just pray a prayer just to get the Christian to move on and leave them alone. You know, Mm -hmm. is that person really saved because they said they repeated some assert? No, I I, I don't think that. So I I would I would really go a little bit deeper with that question. And I would say Mm -hmm. I think the church needs to rediscover their first love. Hmm. Um, that's what Jesus told the church in Ephesus or, or, you know, the letter to the church of Ephesus was you've forsaken your first love, you know, Hmm. um, here's the deal. I I think when we become Christians, we're, 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 I mean, we, we are, we're in love with Jesus. We're we're passionate about Jesus and it's easy to share when we're really at the beginning, you know, Mm -hmm. but then life happens and, and, you know, just things happen and we tend to forget about the depths that God pulled us out of. The, the muck and the mire and i think we need to re- just kind of remind ourselves you know uh you think of the the in, in john chapter 4 the woman at the well yeah. she went uh you know she i mean she was you know pretty much an outcast of the community um i mean she went at the hotter the hottest part of the day to get her water probably because the, the her you know um neighbors you know probably ridiculed her because of just kind of her her history and her background but yeah. when she when she encountered Jesus, th- this was if you want to have a method, if, if you say we got to have a method, her mm-hmm. method was she ran back to town and she said this, come see a man. Yeah. So she said, come see a man. He told me everything I ever believed. Could this be the Messiah? I think so. Come check him out for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's her evangelism 101 strategy. She fell in love with Jesus. She was compelled to tell people, even mm-hmm. people that were probably that ridiculed her people that were distant themselves from her. She went back to her village, told everybody because Mm -hmm. she was so in love. I I think the church today, we need to remember that at one time we were the woman at the well Mm, at at one time we were deep in our sin. You know, Paul, Paul writes in his epistles, at one time you too were foolish, but then the grace of God came. We forget about the times we were foolish. We forget about the depths that God has dragged us out of and embraced mm-hmm. us and how he's cleaned us up. So I really believe that the element that's missing that, that the church needs to rediscover, rediscover Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. fall in love with Jesus, fall in love with the savior. Um, I, I tell people all the time about my wife, you know, when, when, when her and I were, um, courting before we got married, I told everybody that mm-hmm. I'm going to marry this woman. Yeah. Um, when I when I bought the engagement ring, I know this might sound mm-hmm. funny, but mm-hmm. to the salesperson, I whipped out a picture out of my wallet. Hey, this is who it's for. Look how pretty she is. Yeah. I can't tell you, I, I love this woman. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to ask her, hey, hope hope everything goes good when I ask her on Friday night, right? Mm-hmm. To this day, people who know me um, know, know two things is that I brag about my wife. <laughs> I, <laughs> I tell everybody. How much in love i am with her i you know each day i fall deeper and deeper in love mm-hmm. I, I think that's how we need to be with jesus you know a bride Absolutely. bragging about her bridegroom man the deeper in love you're going to tell people about it. you're going to tell people mm-hmm. about you if you're in love hey i'm a big sports fan mm-hmm. and when yeah. my sports teams do well i'm telling everybody did you see mm-hmm. the game last night did you see how well my team won so mm-hmm. we we don't have a problem the church doesn't have a problem Evangelizing. It's just who or what are we evangelizing about? Who are we sharing good news about? Mm. But the more you fall in love with Jesus, you're compelled. You can't help but tell people about that.
0: That's so good. I had the opportunity uh, just back in October to go on my second trip to Las Vegas for an evangelism trip. Mm. So we went out there, we got to share the gospel and good news with a bunch of people uh, called the mole people. They live under the strip of Las Vegas in a bunch of tunnels. Oh yes, I heard of them. Yeah, so we we went under there, but also on the strip. But I remember on the strip, this sense of despair, like the reality hitting me that there's thousands of people walking by me. There's no way that me, just a small drop in the ocean, ocean can make such a difference. How do you avoid those kind of feelings of despair or just the negative reality that's surrounding you when you're out evangelizing?
1: Well, you know, it, it's it's that story. Uh, You've probably heard it many times uh, about the, the the guy walking on the beach and had all these starfish that came up on shore and he started throwing them in the ocean and there's thousands of starfish. And somebody says, what are you doing? He goes, he goes, I'm saying I'm saving lives to the starfish. He goes, there's thousands. What kind of difference will you make? He picked up one and threw it in. Well, I made a difference in that one's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah, I think I think the. I, I think the task is large. That's why that's why the entire church is mm-hmm. called is commission. You know. You think about the Great Commission. It's it's our common mission. That's what commission means. And what is that? It's it's what we have in common with with Jesus. Jesus's mission was to seek and to save the lost. Well, we have that same common mission. It's our great commission. And I think if the entire church does their part, I I believe we could see the entire nation reach. That doesn't mean everybody's going to respond positively, but everybody deserves to, Mm. to have an understandable explanation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everybody deserves that. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for us to say, well, there's so many people, Hey, they're, they're this, or they're that they they have their own religion. Praise God. That didn't keep my classmates. Hey, David has his own religion, his own faith. Let's not bother with him, but (laughs) they were compelled because Mm -hmm. of the love they had for Jesus. And honestly, the love they had for me, their, their fellow classmate, their, their friend that, that compelled them to say, I got to tell you about Jesus. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I know the you know, Jesus says this. He, he's there, the the harvest. We don't have to look for the harvest is plentiful. I mean, scripture Absolutely. tells it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 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 work the the work is great. But 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 the harvest is ready, and he's calling us all. He told this to his disciples. He said, "Look, just look, look at the harvest." So I think the first thing we need we need to look at people, and yeah, we could be we could be, um, you know, kind of kind of you know, lo- looking at how large the task is. But say, but yeah, but, but my task is this row of wheat right here, Mm, you know, and my believers is this, you know, and we go on and on and let's be faithful to what God's called us to do Mm. and minister to the people he put in our lives.
0: Mm, That is so good. So practically speaking, if we're out on this trip of Las Vegas, or even at a grocery store here in Colorado Springs, how can we be strategic, faithful, culturally savvy, yet biblically accurate and literate in evangelizing practically, like,
1: what are some of the practical methods that you would teach a student? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, uh, Dick Eastman says this, he says, to the extent that prayer is mobilized will be the degree that the world is evangelized. Hmm. So so I would say this, I, I would say part of your, your morning prayers is Lord, Lord, give me an opportunity to put somebody in my way uh, whether it be the barista, whether it be grocery store, like you said, whether it be my next door neighbor, co-worker, classmate, whatever it is, Lord, put somebody, give me an opportunity at some level to share. So as we pray, we invite God into the, the conversation. So yeah. think about this. The Great Commission, Matthew says, you know, he commissions us to go out, you know, share the gospel, baptize people, and they write. But the promise is this, and I will be with you to the end of the age. So yeah to believe this is that we have God with us. And we do that by Mm -hmm. saying, all right, God, I'm expecting you to go with me today. I'm expecting you to, to open up an opportunity, give me the boldness to share the right word. So I I think Mm -hmm. first and foremost, I think, you know, talk to God about our friend before we talk to our friend about God. I I think Mm -hmm. that would be key. That's what I would, that's what I teach him. I I would teach him this as well, that that don't be judgmental, uh, Mm -hmm. but, but be like Jesus, see people as sheep without a shepherd. So hmm. for a classmate to see the, the the student who is um living a lifestyle that, that we would consider unbiblical because the Bible would speak about certain lifestyles. Instead of looking at them, oh look at that person, he or she is this, and labeling them, why don't we look at them and say, Wow, hmm. man, they're they, they 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 I'm sure they're hurting, I'm I'm sure something's hmm. going on. It's because they are a sheep. Jesus said he had. Not judgment for them, but he had compassion because Mm, they were like sheep without a shepherd. So I think having compassion, not being judgmental. I think I think the third thing I would say would be listen to people, Mm, hear hear their story, understand why they are doing what they're doing. So when my classmates say, "Hey, David, tell me why you go to church," you know, Mm -hmm. five different services a week. (laughs) David, tell me tell me why you go knocking on doors so for example i told my friend mike you know when he asked hey why do you do that every saturday i'm like well because the bible says you know that uh, faith without works is is dead or useless Mm -hmm. you know and um he goes so what i was trying to make a point called his proof text in a passage saying oh we got to work for our salvation and mike said oh well that's pretty interesting um because um i believe what ephesians says ephesians said that is by grace we are saved Mm -hmm. uh through faith not by works. Yeah. Um, and then Mike was so smart. He goes, however, I mean, I commend you for 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 being adamant in your faith. He goes, because verse 10 says, we're not saved really mm-hmm. for, from work. We're not saved by works, but we're saved for works, right? Mm, so true. we're saved yeah. by grace, but verse 10 says, yeah, but you're God's work, which is traded to do good works, right? Mm-hmm. So you're doing good works, but our salvation isn't earned. So mm-hmm. just think about that. He listened to me, he, You know, I gave him an honest answer. He came back with not judgmental to say, oh, well, the way mm-hmm. I read the Bible or, hey, the, what I've experienced or, hey, have you looked at this passage this way? Boy, mm-hmm. do you not think that put a planted of a seed in my mind? Like, well, yeah. what am I doing working? And, and what is this thing called grace? You know, mm-hmm. what is this? Because in my you know, upbringing, we never heard that word, that that wasn't the wow. word that we heard. And we don't know what grace meant. And, and you know, in the in the proper sense, you know, yeah. what grace stood for. And and therefore, you know, man, that rocked my world. So listening, I, I think that's the greatest thing is for us mm-hmm. to be real. You know, I, I would say this, man, please hear uh, for people who aren't, I would say for that, remember, I thought about that 85% who are not sharing mm-hmm. the faith. Yeah. Don't worry about programs. You know, Mm -hmm. be yourself. You know, when I want to share good news about my sports team, I don't follow a program. Mm, You know, I don't follow a script. I just brag about, boy, did you see that game? You know, or did you see that play? Or, boy, you know, we beat the competition. You know, I don't I don't follow a script. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that's about sharing Jesus. That's, you know, you don't have to follow a script. Just tell people about the hope that you have.
0: Mm, that's so, that's so good. Wow. All right. Well, I think we have time for one more question. And okay. so the, the question of all questions is if I am a young student or a first time evangelist, we're in the car, we're in, we're with a group and we're about to get out. You look over and I'm starting to sweat a little bit. Maybe I'm sweating bullets, but you could tell I'm nervous. What would you say to me? Who's nervous to get uh, out and start sharing?
1: <laughs> oh, You know what? Well, I think first of all, I'd go back to my other my other answer and say, yeah, hey, let's pray right now. Let's Mm -hmm. pray that the peace of God, I I would remind that student, hey, what you're doing is simply being obedient to what God's called you to do. Mm -hmm. And, And I would remind the student, hey, you know, the outcome is not up to you. You know, mm-hmm. your your responsibility is obedience is sharing the love with Jesus of somebody, getting to know that person, get getting to talk about you know their you know what what's going on in their life. you know, mm-hmm. I would remind that student, say, you know what? Uh, I think one of my, my favorite passages is in John 16 mm-hmm. where where, where uh, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and and he says this, yeah, well, I, I need to go. Because when I go, then I'll send you the, the helper, right, My the helper, paraclete, yeah. the, the Holy Spirit. And and I love what Jesus says. He, he says this. He says, when he comes, um, he will lead you in all truth. So that, that's mm-hmm. one thing. But he says this, and he will convict the world according to sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's so i look at the friend. I said, guess what? It's not your job to convict anybody. It's not your it's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Mm-hmm. Nobody could do it. So don't think you're going out there. Mm-hmm. Um, going to convict somebody you're getting you're going out there mm-hmm. to brag about your bridegroom to, to brag mm-hmm. about Jesus, That's you so know, good. and so and uh, yeah, and, and you put your arms around them and you say, yes, th- this is this is what it's about, you know, mm-hmm. And and just go tell people why. And hey, if somebody asks you a question that you don't know, say, that's a great question. Yeah. Let me come back with you when I find the answer. Boy, you got me thinking. There's nothing wrong with that. That That's what we do in normal conversation. Be normal. That's, what I, that's how I encourage mm. them.
0: Wow, that is so good. So if any of the listeners are looking for more resources or information with what you do at Every Home, where could they go?
1: Yeah, I, I would just encourage, you know, everyhomeusa.com is our website. So we we particularly serve churches. Now we do serve individuals but but really we believe this. We really believe in the local church. We believe that the pastor is called to lead the local church. So I guess our area of strength is we come alongside the local pastor, lift up his or her arms and and helping them Uh, mobilize their people to live on mission so about every home uh, usa.com there's resources there there's information Uh, that barna study um, in 2020 2021 that was released reviving mission um, which is really kind of encouraging the church to have more spiritual conversations. That's what it's about. Uh, you there, there's ways you could order uh, the journal there. We send that out free of charge. Um, it's also we have a digital download. You can download that. As a matter of fact, everything we do at every home USA, we do at no charge to the local church. We 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 really believe we want to serve the church by by really helping them. Do what God's called them to do. So uh, that, that's the best way uh, of getting a hold of us here. Uh, again, we're located in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Uh, we, we do our trainings, we do pastor collectives um, all over the country. Um, so you just check our webpage. There may be one near you where we bring in pastors together and kind of just giving them all the information that they need, trying to help them fulfill that area. That God's called them to, and that is to mobilize their people simply to live on mission. So we encourage you to go there.
0: That is so good. And there's an app, right, that people can download and use. Uh, so when they, if they go to a house or whatever, they can actually mark that house. Correct.
1: Uh, That's correct. Yeah. I mean, you know what? There's a lot. There's a lot of wonderful apps out there. Um, And um, yeah, so we have an app that's called the Encounter Outreach app that Mm -hmm. either either the Play Store or the Apple Store, you can find it there. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's a great way. I I would call it a digital outreach journal Mm -hmm. where you could kind of mark down who you went to, who you visit, if you went home to home. But you could also, if you talk to your be talk to your friends as a way that you can make a note for non non-homes you know and it's a mm-hmm. great way to to do that but i i would encourage people even though we got some great tools and things out there my heart isn't that you would master some app or or yeah. do something yeah. is that that you would share jesus tell people about your wonderful savior uh, that's the greatest win right there
0: mm. Well, in the wise words of David Shaw, yeah, just love your Savior. That is so good. I love that. Above all, that's your first calling. So yeah, amen. 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 Well, I think that does it for our our today's podcast. So I guess until next time, go ahead and share that good news. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on the Euangelion Podcast, where we dive deep into the logistics, methods, hardships, but even more so, the good, beautiful, and powerful side of evangelism here in America and around the globe. Catch you next time.